Welcome to the Fearless Pursuits Podcast, where it's that time to slap your doubts and fears around, learn marketing and sales strategies, mindset hacks, and even a little metaphysical thrown in for good measure so you can have a breakthrough to success in your own life and business. I'm Sharon Lee, an online life and business coach and serial entrepreneur for over 25 years. My goal is to share with you everything that I've learned along the way, including the good, the bad, and the ugly. Each week, we'll explore what it takes to reach your goals and dreams and create that financial freedom through online entrepreneurship. If you're ready to dig in, listen in now to today's episode. Welcome back, Fearless Tribe, and welcome to all the new listeners, too. I'm excited to have you all here because today you're in for a treat. I have a very special duo that will ignite your curiosity and leave you feeling empowered. Today, we're diving into a special story of tremendous will, adversity, and turning a challenge into pure profit to the tune of $13 million in revenue through bootstrapping. Not only will you be inspired by this very unique story, but we're going to break down the entrepreneurial journey with the nuts and bolts of making money online, specifically in e-commerce. So if you're ready to be inspired or ever wanted to learn the ins and outs of e-commerce, then you, my friend, are in the right place. So my brand, Fearless Pursuits, is all about creating freedom against obstacles and living a life according to values and standards. That said, I want to honor my guest today and commend you for not just starting this e-commerce business, but following it all the way through to where the business is today. Wow, $13 million in revenue. That's incredible. Welcome, Mark and John, to the Fearless Pursuits podcast. I think you're both amazing. Let's just start off with you telling the audience about who you are and what you do. John, you want to introduce us? Sure. Uh, my name is John. This is my partner, my dad, Mark. Uh, we are John's Quickie Sock. And what's our mission? I'm happiness. Spread in happiness, right? Uh, Sharon, thank you so much thank for having so us much. on the podcast. And we love meeting the fearless tribe. This is great. Oh, you're so welcome. It's really an honor to have you both here. Um, I would really like to just dig in with you know, you telling the audience more about you. I, I were kind of like giving them a sneak peek about you, but I want you to tell them about who you are, what you do, and how you got started. Well, why don't we start there with how we got started? Because origin stories always give us our DNA, right? They they set us off on who we're, we're going to be or what's going to happen. Right. So... Um, I mean, here's some good news. We just celebrated our fifth anniversary. Congratulations. Uh, Thank you. So we go back, you know, a little more than five years. Um, Our story starts in a small log cabin in the woods. (laughs) No, not really, does it? No. It starts in suburban Long Island outside New York City. Uh, And and where were you? I I was in uh, Huntington High School. Um, and it was going to be your last year of school, right? Yeah, Dad. And so here's something that your listeners should know about John. He is an entrepreneur, an athlete, a dancer, a performer um, who happens to have Down syndrome. Right. Right. What do you say about Down syndrome? I have Down syndrome. Down syndrome and never coming back. He does not. So there he is in his last year of school. If, if you have a disability anywhere in the U.S., you can stay in the public school system until you turn 21. And this is really important because when you're in school, all of your services and programs are right there in front of you. But once you hit 21, you go over that 21-year-old cliff, and now you're on your own. you got to find everything. And so John's trying to figure out, what am I going to do? And what were you looking at? 
I love a job program in school. I don't like jobs I don't like. I didn't say anything he liked. And this is an unfortunate reality for people with differing abilities. 70% of people with a disability in this country are not working. But John here, he belongs in your fearless tribe. He's, right. an, he's an entrepreneur. So you said, if I don't see a job I want, what were you going to do? I do. I want to create one. I want to make one. He'll just go and make All a right. job. Right. And what did you tell me? I said, I want to go into business with my dad. And I started that business together. Which is pretty cool. So John's my youngest son. I'm a very fortunate man. I got three sons. John comes to me and says he wants to go into business. And he's the son I can work with. <laughs> um, but then, you know, if you know entrepreneurs, they have lots of ideas. Some of them are even good ideas. So John had a lot of ideas of what we could do. What was one of them? Uh, one of them is a food truck. Okay. I, I have an idea from the movie Chef and, and John Farrow. The movie about a father and son uh, buying a food truck. So a food truck sounded like a fun idea. And we're thinking, what could we make? Where could we put it? Uh, but uh, we ran into a problem. We can't cook. Yeah. <laughs> That's a big problem. <laughs> but then, right before Thanksgiving in 2016, John, you had your eureka moment. I did. I'm going to sell crazy socks. Why socks? It's fun. It's colorful. It's creative. I've always let me be me. I want to create my whole life. We used to drive around looking for socks for John. That's right. So just as you found the fearless tribe, we figured if John loved these socks so much, surely other people would too, and we could find that tribe. So there we were. We had this idea, and what could we do? Um, we Most people, the smart thing to do is you prepare a very detailed business plan. Uh, that's not what we did. We went the lean startup route. We said, okay, let's go test the idea. And we'll see how customers respond. So we got some paperwork. Remember going to the bank and setting up the bank accounts? Yes. Yeah, we we built a website on the uh, Shopify platform. Uh, we went out to get some supplies to get socks. And we were told, oh, we're not going to sell you anything because you don't have any customers. Well, if you're not going to sell us anything, how are we going to get customers? And we had a control to talk people into selling to us. We're bootstrapping. So you got to make do with what you have. So the only marketing we did was to set up a Facebook page and I would take out my cell phone and we made videos. And who was in those videos? I am. I'm talking about socks. Socks, socks, more socks. <laughs> and what day did we open? We opened on a Friday, December 9th, 2016. And we didn't know what to expect. But that first day, we got a flood of orders. We got 42 orders. And not surprisingly, most of them were local. Like I said, we live in Huntington, uh, New York. John was in the high school. It's where we live. We had temporary office space there. So what did we do with those first orders? Uh, we do our home delivery. Home deliveries. We got red boxes. We put the socks in the bonds. And we looked at it and said, mm, it needs something else. I, I put a dig in the arrow and we get Hershey Kisses and Brian Kennedy. Right. We loaded the box with Hershey's Kisses, then loaded the car up and drove around. And you knocked on doors delivering socks, I did. right? Sometimes we were out at 1030 at night and John's knocking <laughs> oh on doors. Here's John with the socks. We're lucky they didn't answer with a shotgun or something. But how the customers respond? I kind of loved it. And they took a photo, took a pictures, and share on a social media. I would get a spread. We had customers calling to order again just to get John to come back to their house. <laughs> That's amazing. So... Simply by doing, we went out and we learned some things, right? The first month turned out to be successful for us and, and told us we could grow, we could have a business here, we could grow this business. And, and we learned, one. When people want to buy a sock, 
They wanted a bike from John. They related to John. They liked the personal touch. They liked the fact that we had pledged 5% of our earnings to the Special Olympics. Um, and, and something that surprised us. People called up. They were very emotional in seeing John as an inspiration. We heard from many families that had a child with a differing ability or a relative or a friend. And also by doing, we learned that this young man. A different old man. This old man. <laughs> we could sell socks. Um, so that's how we got started, right? You, you get the idea and you go for it. Um, and it sounds simplistic, but if you're going to be fearless, stop thinking about all the reasons something won't work. Stop coming up with all the obstacles. Just figure out how it's going to happen. Figure out how you're going to get it done. Uh, we were very fortunate. So... With that start, we've gone on to create this business. It's a slightly different type of business model. It's a social enterprise. We have both a social and a business mission and they feed off of each other. They're indivisible. If all we were doing, Sharon, is selling socks, you would not have us on your podcast. And if it was just a cute little story about you know, doing something nice, you wouldn't have us here either wouldn't have the impact. But together, it becomes very powerful. And what's our mission? Spreading happiness. Spreading happiness. Everything we do is driven to make that happen. And we built it on five pillars. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty hope. Give me back. Fun product you can love. Make it personal. And we've added a fifth. Make it a great place to work. Right? If we have a mission to spread happiness and we want to do that with our customers and our community, well, we have to start at home. Our colleagues have to be happy and want to be working here and, and enjoying what they're doing. The making it personal. Uh, when we started, it was just John and me. We have now shipped over 360,000 packages to 88 Ooh. countries, but every one of those packages still gets... I get digging and candy. A handwritten thank you note. Yes, we vote a copy uh-huh. and candy from John. The fun products you can love, at its core, we have to be a great e-commerce business. And so here's one side of that. Because you got to have a great website, you got to have great selection. When we started, you could take all the different sock styles we have and put them on one table. Today, we have over 4,000 different socks. 4,000 different styles of socks. Which makes John the owner of the world's largest sock store. I mean, we're not out selling Walmart or, or Target, but... We have more choices than any place in the world. You got to have great product. Our products are, we have 29,000 five-star reviews and you got to have great service. We do same day shipping. An order comes in today, it's going out today. Then the second pillar, giving back. We started by pledging 5% to the Special Olympics. Yeah, Special Olympics. And why the Special Olympics? I am Special Olympics athlete. Yes, you are. Yeah. but we've gone on to create products that raise awareness and celebrate causes and raise money for those causes. So I'll, I'll tell you, the, what was the first one we did? The first one we did, I downloaded from awareness socks. And, and I'll tell you a little anecdote behind that. So here we are. We discovered that people uh, celebrate World Down Syndrome Day, which happens to be March 21st, right. by wearing crazy socks. Now, you would have thought we knew that before we started, but we didn't. Um, but here we are, we discovered that fact. And now what we want to do is sell a Down syndrome sock. But at that point, all we did was we bought other people's socks and resold them. We go looking for a Down syndrome sock. Nobody made one. Couldn't find one. What do you say? I said, I want to make one. I want to kill you. He says, Dad, we'll do our own. So he designed the first sock and we got somebody to manufacture it for us. And we've gone on now to make many Down syndrome 
theme socks and autism socks and cerebral palsy and pet rescue. Yeah. And, um, so that giving back is baked into what we do. And so today we've donated over $450,000 to our charity partners. That's amazing. It's a really cool thing. John here, the Special Olympic athlete, has donated over $100,000 at the Special Olympics. Um, but the most important thing- Is pretty in hope. We wanna show the world what's possible. It's part of what your fearless tribe is doing. Look what you can do. John could be in high school and have the idea of starting a sock business. But the most, the, the, the essential part of that is we wanna show what people with differing abilities can do. So more than half of our colleagues have a different ability. We've been able to create 31 jobs, 22 are held by people with differing abilities. And that's not enough, we wanna show the world. So we create content all the time, videos and pictures and hold events. We have school tours that come in here. We host work groups. We do a lot of speaking engagements with crisscrossed, well, pre-pandemic, Canada, the US, Mexico. Right. Uh, we do advocacy work. We've testified twice before Congress, spoken at the United Nations. And you roll all that up and you get John's crazy socks. That's an amazing story. So describe your socks. Are these, you know, currently accessible um, or are they exclusively uh, on your Shopify store? Is that where you're selling them? The only, today, the only place, well, the only place where we sell our socks is directly through our website. Uh, we are expanding that. You know, uh, our overall approach or strategy is drive the mission, drive the brand. That the more we can fulfill our mission, the more that raises our brand, raises awareness. And then we ultimately want to be where everybody is. But today we sell directly through our website. We have now an arrangement with Zappos. We were the first sock company with Zappos Adapteds. So they carry some of our socks. Uh, we do, we, we have a, uh, now we're, <laughs> I'll show you where we are, where we do sell uh, B2B, we sell to other businesses. And we've been doing that for several years. People call us up and will you make us custom socks and gift packages? And now we finally said, huh, what do you think would happen if we actually marketed those? Um, and by October, we expect to be in the wholesale channel. We're having conversations with Kohl's and with Macy's, and we've heard from a lot of uh, smaller stores. So by October, we'll be in a whole, we'll be out there. But what type of socks do we have? We got everything. We got low cut, right? Ankle socks. Yeah. I wear a crew, a Utah, liners, ankles, knee highs. Knee highs. Um, we have all sorts of themes and images. We have different fabrics. Um, we have heavy, you know, fuzzy socks and the yeah. socks with the nubs on the bottom, the non-skid socks. Um, if you're gonna, you know, part of it is, you know, we, I can't pick all the socks. You know, how am I gonna pick socks for an 18-year-old girl in Los, in Los Angeles or, you know, to a 30-year-old school teacher in Nashville? So everybody here does. John picks them. Uh, John, we design more. Now we're making many more of our own. By October, we'll have over 200 of our own pairs of socks. Um, in addition to all the others we sell, uh, we got something for everybody. Wow, that's amazing. It's such an amazing story. Um, you know, I remember reading somewhere that you had a relationship with uh, former President George Bush. So before we dive in too far to your story, I really am curious about something. Can you tell us about your relationship with former President George Bush, George W. Bush? It was George H.W. was the father. And this goes back to shortly after we started, 2017, we saw an article um, that said the former president loved crazy socks. And what do you say? I said, I want to see him a box of socks. John said, let's send him some socks. John says that a lot. Um, so you put together a box of socks and we got his office address in Houston and we sent it. Wow, back. that's amazing. And a little bit later, we got a phone call from his office saying the president loved those socks. Could he get more? 
Sure, we sent them more socks. And then he sent John socks. And they went back and forth in letters and us sending socks on World Down Syndrome Day in 2018, the, the President Bush tweeted out a picture of him wearing John's Down Syndrome superhero socks. Oh, wow. Sharing the connection because it was President Bush who signed the Americans with Disabilities Act. Right. Changed the lives for millions of people, including John. Without that legislation, there'd be no John's Gracie socks. So there was a bond there. Um, and then when Mrs. Bush passed away, when Barbara Bush passed away, his office called and said that the president and the family want to wear socks to honor her commitment to literacy. So we overnighted them socks. We knew this. We didn't think anything would happen. Um, but the day of her funeral, the only communication that President Bush had with the outside world was to tweet out a picture of his socks and uh, the importance of them. They were book themed socks. And, and that, I remember exactly where we were when we heard this, we were in West Virginia speaking at a conference um, and how, how incredibly moving that at a time of need and, and great grief, that John, my son, was able to connect to this powerful man who had made a difference for so many. Mm. Uh, and that was really quite wonderful, right? Right. You considered him your friend, didn't you? Yes. Yeah. Wow, uh, that's amazing. Well, I know that a lot of people are really curious right now, listening about these socks, right? I mean, who knew that you could create a business that, you know, is making $13 million in revenue? Is that is that right? Yeah, that's cumulative over the five years. But yes, and we're growing. Last year was about 2.4 million. We've um, had our ups and downs. But yes, it is a sizable business. And one that's amazing. And we hope to grow so we can create more jobs and reach more people. That's such an inspiring story. And, and just curious, for, especially for the audience, are these currently just exclusively on your Shopify store? Yes. You go to, you go to our website and that's where you're going to find them. Um, that's the only place you're going to get your John's crazy socks, right? Right. Um, Awesome. That's amazing. I mean, e-commerce is really just blowing up right now, and especially the times that we're living in. So, you know, it's amazing that you can get your message out because it's really not just about socks, right? There's, there's a bigger story. There's a bigger mission behind this. So um, I, I'm so grateful to have you here on the podcast. But, you know, in any business where their partners. I'm sure a lot of people who are in business listening to this are curious, you know, there are roles which are created because of the strengths, right? So what role do each of you have and, and how has it evolved? Well, what's your title? My title is Chief Happiness Officer. Chief Happiness Officer. And what's your role? What do you serve as? I, I, I'm a visiting company. He's the face of the business. And, and so John's role really is twofold. Here he is talking to you. Um, John is the face of the business. He's the public representation about us. But he also sets the tone for what we do. Um, you know, the... It really is, what would John do? So you know, take our products. They have to meet three standards. Anything we sell, it's gotta be fun. It's gotta be something that will spread happiness. And it's gotta be something that John can get behind. And everybody knows and thinks that way in the organization. So that's John's role. My role is somewhat similar of my job is to help John get his message out, help us get the message out. It's to make sure the culture in here that we're all on the same page and believing what we do. And then I'm at the bottom of the org chart 
because my job is to serve everybody else here, to put them in a position to succeed and make sure that everybody here has what they need to do their job and do it really well. Um, so we, there's something about our relationship we have not strained. Um, I think part of it is because we both know we need each other. We've, and we're both committed to the mission. When you're really committed to that purpose, all of the, the petty stuff in the politics falls apart, falls away, just vanishes. But I will add, you know, it's different with family members. Um, you know, I said kind of jokingly earlier that when John said, Dad, let's work together, I said, oh, this is something I could work with. My middle son, we did work together for a little bit. And that ended because uh, if we kept working together, you were going to find us both in a pool of blood on the floor with axes in our heads. Oh, now, my God. I gosh. love my son and he's quite capable. But working <laughs> together, that was not a good, healthy thing. <laughs> <laughs> As is with a lot of partnerships, it's not always easy, right? Yeah, um, you have to, again, I think it's being committed to the mission. Um, you know, we have found that, you know, midway through our journey, uh, we knew we needed somebody to work with us. And we were very fortunate to find a strategic partner, a third generation family business that manufactures socks. Now they make them for department stores and for brand names. Um, and they've been around 60 some odd years. So we're the startup selling directly to customers we have the brand. Um, and that's been very helpful. But coming together as partners, you find out, oh, well, this is our style. Or, you know, and you have to find a way to make the styles work and we share values. But sometimes there are things that are a little different. You gotta find a way to work through on those. Makes sense. And you know, my listeners are, all types of entrepreneurs, you know, they're, they're very creative people. So, you know, some are only thinking about it and some are really interested in all sorts of different streams of income. So I want to talk to you about the e-commerce business, right? So can you really talk to the listeners about the nuts and bolts of your business? Sure. Um, it, it really does start with knowing what your purpose and your values are. You have to know what you're about because that has to infuse itself in everything you do. So, you know, I love that so much. I think having that mission is where everything begins. It, it is. So, you know, I, I, you know, only half jokingly said, look, if all we're doing is selling socks, we're lost. Right. There are one gazillion. <laughs> it's much deeper than just selling socks. Right. It, what do you say? Ours are better than yours. Ours don't smell as much as yours. You, you, it's hard to differentiate yourself. So we may be the world's largest sock store, but at the end of the day, we're not really a sock store. Our socks become the physical manifestation of the story, of the purpose. And think about it. Socks are as plain a piece of fabric as you're going to get. But once you invest them with meaning and purpose, they become transformative. But you know, what are the nuts and bolts? Well, you got to get a great website. Uh, we're very high on Shopify, but there are other um, e-commerce platforms out there. You have to figure out inventory and how you're going to get it and what you're going to sell and how you're going to manage it. Uh, it took us a few years to really get that down, nailed down, um, you know, particularly the fulfillment part of making sure all the orders are accurate and, and timely. You, you have to understand how you're going to connect with your customers. We're not interested just in transactions. We're looking for experience, creating customer experiences that we share. We're looking for that long-term relationship. So, you know, in one way, what you can think about is you got to have the goods, right? You got to have good product. You got to have good service. You got to know what you're about. And then you got to let people know about it. And how do you do that? 
for us, I can only share what we've done. We grew up on social media by developing communities, and that's the way we think about it, of sharing, um, sharing information and entertainment and engaging with our community. So we've got, we've grown to 240,000 Facebook um, followers. That's amazing, that's amazing. Instagram followers, but it's changed, right? Right. We, we, it's changed since 2017 when we saw when it growth. Um, if, you're, if you're interested in getting there, uh, you know, you have to figure out, well, how are we going to reach people? And there's a book called Traction, which identifies 21 different marketing channels. Well, you can't be active in all 21. You got to pick what's going to work for you and connect you with your audience. And then you have to work that well. And the key word, I think, is always empathy. It's not what I want to say. It's what our customers want to hear or need to hear. Right. It's how you're connecting with them. Right. So, you know, it's, it's building through social media. Um, if you're running a, a business, one of the most important assets you have is your email list. Right. Because... I, we can have 240,000 Facebook likes, but those people belong to Facebook, not to us. I can't contact those 240,000 people. Absolutely. This is a really important message for a lot of people to really understand. You've, you can't, you have to own your audience. Yes. And that email list, the way we view it, people have trusted us to give us that email. And we're going to respect that trust. We never sell it. And we're not going to abuse it. So I'm diving into the weeds here. Stop if I'm going too far. You know, there's, there are two general categories of emails. There's campaigns, or you can call them blasts, where I'm sending something out to people. And flows that are triggered by some action. So on the flow side, everybody has seen these. Um, go to an online store put something in the card and leave the site. Well, if they have your email, you'll get an email, you know, probably a sequence of three emails saying, oh, did you know you left this in the card? And then the next day, hey, let's remind you. And oh, here's a discount. You know, um, those are driven by flows. But on the, on the campaign side, so, you know, I'll share what we do. First, we keep cleaning up our list. If if we've sent you emails and after two months and we change the time frame a little bit, you're not opening email, we take you off the list. Why? We don't want to bother you. If you don't want the email, well, we're not going to bother you. Two, we're not sending stuff that's always saying bye, bye, bye. So generally we send two emails a week. One is a product email that we're just sharing. Here's something fun that we have, maybe it's a discount. And the second is an email from John that goes out every Friday. It's just a note from John sharing what he's up to or what's going on or something he found interesting. No I think our listeners can really benefit a lot from what you just said, because you can't keep driving that product and shoving it in their face. You have to act like a person, right? Yes. It's really important. Yes. You know, so you've already written tomorrow's email, right? And it's talking about, well, it's winter time and it's really cold. And you say, what did your grandma used to tell you? A summer jacks. You get cold, don't jump in jacks. You know, so he hears <laughs> that, right? But it's, it's because we're people and, and you share that, right? So, you know, that's your email. And, but that's very important. That drives a lot of revenue. It's, Figuring out how am I going to connect and what's the way I'm going to connect to my audience. We're finding that we do uh, the podcast that we're doing. And we're so grateful that you've had us on your podcast because we get to tell our story and we get to connect with an audience. We do that with a lot of speaking engagements um, of, of reaching out and, you know, the, the more we can do for others, the better off we are. Right. Um, I can tell that you're really passionate about what you do. And I, I really believe that 
passion. I mean, right from the very beginning of your story, I could tell, you know, was it, this isn't just about selling socks, right? So when we're, we're talking about having that passion, we really have to dig deep into the steps, right? So you, you have that passion, which drives you, it keeps the, the, the business alive, right? But let's talk about those steps. What were your actual first steps in creating the product? Well, it was building the website. It was getting, you know, again, we had to know what we were about. It was building the website, but to do that, you have to know what matters to you and how you're going to share that. Um, it was getting some inventory and we did have to control people and talk people into selling to us. It was figuring out how were we going to connect to people. Um, and we didn't have money. We couldn't go and just buy ads. It was, you know, how, how can we do this? Um, it, we, and you try and uh, you try some things and you learn and you fail. And, and let me be clear. Trial and error. Not everything is smooth. So here's, I'll give you a couple of easy examples. What day did we open? Uh, we opened uh, the, the, the Friday, the Friday. What time were we going to open? Are we going to do a little bit at 10 in the morning? 10 in the morning, but what happened? The website crashed on my dad. Yeah, the website crashed. Because oh my God. Webmaster screwed up, and I was the webmaster. So we opened at <laughs> three in the afternoon, right? Or we told you we started uh, by putting candy in the packages, and it was Hershey's Kisses, and everybody loved it. You'd open the package, you could smell the chocolate, it was great. Until we got the email from the woman in Florida saying, you may not want to be shipping chocolate to the South. Oh, no. <laughs> so what do we put in now? Skittles. Skittles. But here's another example we can share. Um, we definitely have an attitude of ready, shoot, aim. You know, ready, fire, aim. Don't overthink it. And don't wait till it's perfect. So I love that. We knew, you know, what's a big rage in e-commerce? It's subscription models. So we knew when we started that at some point we would offer a sock of the month club. And we decided in May of 2017, we should do this. Within two weeks, we had arranged an app. We had built the, the pages. We had the arrangement. We knew the socks we could sell. Within two weeks, we got it up and running. About three months later, one of our suppliers, who's also a competitor because they sell directly to the public, introduced their sock of the month club. And we got to talking. Said, so, you know, how do you come about it? How are you doing it? We could share some things. And they told me they had been working on it for two years. I said, two years? What the hell were you doing? And here's the thing. In those three months, we got it up and running. We were on our third iteration because by doing, we learned some things. And we had real revenues and customers. And they spent two years just getting ready to go. That's an amazing story. But I'm, but I'm sure that a lot of people who are thinking about e-commerce are wondering maybe, you know, you have this idea and everything, but what was the actual first step in creating the product? First step was once John said, let's sell socks, they instantly hit us. Let's go and do this. And it was, okay, what do we have to do? And what we knew was we had to build a website. We had to get the inventory and we had to figure out how to let people know. So that's what we started doing was building the website, uh, contacting suppliers. I mean, there were some other details of filing to, you know, I already had a corporation, but filing to get the name, um, opening bank accounts, things like that. Um, and then starting to share the news, which we did exclusively on Facebook when we started, right? Because it came to- Yeah, social media is probably the best way, right? Right. And um, I, I think that was it. I mean, part of it was just start doing. Uh, I mean, one of the things we did, um, there is a, a podcast by- put out by a guy named Kurt Elster called the unofficial Shopify podcast. So I would start listening to those and I took it as a cookbook. Kurt said, do this. I do this. Um, we've gotten to know Kurt. He's really quite wonderful. And, but 
you have to, I think you have to have the right combination of confidence and humility. Absolutely. You, you have to believe that this is doable. And yet you have to be humble to know you don't know everything and you need help. And it's good. It's not all going to be easy and magical. Um, and, and, you know, because if you, if you lack the confidence, then what you wind up doing is pretending things and acting like, you know, stuff that you don't know, and then you can't learn. Um, we, we took the approach of hey. that's gold what you just said and i'm just hoping that the listeners can really hang on to what you just said that's really important you know we at the end of the day we're a couple knuckleheads selling socks right. and yet, <laughs> all we want to do is i shame the world change the world um you everything becomes a bit of an adventure um, we approach things to this day that we get an idea and everything is a hypothesis. We think this is going to work. Let's go out and see if it does. And let's measure and see what happens. And it turns out, yeah, you're going to get some things wrong. Yes. Okay. okay. And, and this comes back to a question you asked earlier about, you know, working together with a partner in strains. Um, I think we've been fortunate to build this in our culture here. We're willing to confront hard facts, to confront reality, what's in front of us. We're willing to admit failure without blame. And pivots. Right. It's okay. We made a mistake. What do we learn? You know, something didn't work out. What do we learn? What do we do next? How do we go forward? And that failure becomes tuition that we pay. Absolutely. Right? I think that is really critical what you just said. But you have to be in an environment where people know, where people know they can make a mistake. And at the same time, you've got to have an environment where there's an individual commitment to excellence that we're trying to get it right. You know, that we're, uh, and part of that, when I can talk about, you know, one of our, it's, we added it later as we grew, you know, but it's one of our pillars, make this a great place to work. Um, I love that. And, and we built that, you know, we got a little structure for that. It starts with offering people a mission worthy of their commitment. And the mission has to be more than we're going to go make money. And don't get me wrong. We all want to make money. John and I, we like to live indoors. You got to make money. But some mission and purpose, it's greater than ourselves and it nurtures us. And then two, make sure everybody knows how their job matters. There's no cog in the machinery. There's no make work job. There's nothing unimportant. You know, our entry level job or our sock ranks, right? Right. If you walk out and, and all of them have a different ability, if you ask any one of them, they will tell you that our mission about spreading happiness and they will tell you why their job is important, why their job matters. Three, put people in a position to succeed. Don't ask them to do what they can't do. You don't do our finances, right? Right. Right. Don't ask people, don't ask them to do too much. Don't overload people. If somebody needs a support, you know, you you need a special chair. We'll get you the chair. It's you know, we don't have unlimited resources, but put people in a position to succeed. I think that's really wonderful. And I think it's really critical what you just said. And honestly, I, I really wish that more businesses ran on that philosophy. It's, but I'm curious, you know, what have you found, you know, with your your Shopify store, your e-commerce store? What's been the best way to promote your products? It, it really does start with driving the brand and connecting with our customers. Our best salespeople are our customers. 
So you have to start with that great product and great service and sharing that experience. Email is our most valuable tool. So it all becomes part of a circle. So it's hard to pick where the starting place is, but I'll give you an example. So we'll create an awareness sock, say for, uh, we did it for a firefighter tribute sock. Right. Right? Uh, so we create that and we work with some firefighters and you design that sock and make sure they liked it. And then we arranged with the Nassau County Firefighting uh, Museum that we would donate 10% of the sales of the sock to that museum. And then we hold the kickoff event, which was great fun. We could, John rode up in an antique fire truck. Wow. And... Then what they arranged through, through the museum and through some local elected officials who loved this idea is they got a fire truck that drove, we drove around all day, John on the fire truck, visiting different firehouses, giving out the socks to firefighters. Wow. So now you, you start with something, something you believe and something you want to do. And we created a media event. People were interested in it because it was fun. It was a good story. That then feeds into our social media because we share that on our social media or people like that. And they share that. And then we follow that up with an email. Um, and, and so that's just a little microcosm of how you make something work. And now we get connections with uh, the firefighting community, and we wind up doing speaking engagements before different firefighter associations and different dinners, and we do things to support them, and and it all grows. It has to start with the substance, right? And this right. the sock, and it had to be connected with giving back and really recognizing and and celebrating the work that firefighters do. But then it leads into, okay, now you've got content for your social media. And one of the things we do, and I you know, share this and, and suggest it to others, we're always taking our processes and turning that into content. That's um, good. And reuse that content. You have to tailor it to the right platform, but then you can reuse that content in any number of ways. That's smart. Absolutely. What I'm really curious about, and I and I think a lot of people in my audience would be really curious about too, is, you know, if you could really narrow it down to some, a few tips to start a Shopify store, a Shopify brand. I mean, obviously you're talking about a lot of things which I think are really important and that's, you know, your mission and your purpose, um, which is so, so important. Um, but I'm I want my audience to be able to hit the ground running with a little bit of advice from a seasoned entrepreneur like you, you know, creating a Shopify store. So what bit of advice can you offer them? You have to make sure you have the foundation set up right. So you got to make sure your store is set up right. You've got to have, you've got to pay attention to the details in, um, and, and Shopify has great blogs and go-to guides. Just follow those. I would recommend again, listen to Kurt Elster, go back and you know, walk step by step in, in so that you build your site and it's got all the right components. You want to pay attention to the SEO right from the beginning. To do all this, you have to know what you're about and what how you want to present yourself and what message you want to present. You know, if we were a sleek fashion brand, the website would look very different and would function differently because we'd be a different type of organization. Um, but, you know, set in your Shopify, um, you know, I don't want to sound like an ad for Shopify, but they're very solid and they do make it easy. Yeah, I think that's really important for people to understand too, because a lot of people are looking at, you know, e-commerce, for example, and how they can make money online. Uh, but is e-commerce a viable uh, option is Shopify really the way to go? So I think that's really important that you. Yeah, you can check out your WooCommerce. Uh, you could check out your Squarespace. You know, part of I have a diagram that we use when we talk to entrepreneurs, particularly student groups. Of uh, you know, how do you find that entrepreneurial sweet spot? And to me, it's three concentric circles. One, you have to start with something 
that you can be passionate about, that you know about. And then you get a circle of those customers that are willing to pay for that. I, I, I use the uh, school art show as an example. I got three sons, they all have stuff in the school art show. Then I would show up and I would run up to their painting or sculpture, whatever it was, and say, this is wonderful. I can't wait to put it on my office wall or the refrigerator or wherever we're going to put it. And I meant that. But nobody else was going to buy that. Nobody else was going to pay money for it. You got to find something that people are willing to pay for. And then the third part is you got to find a way to replicate it. And when you take those three circles, your sweet spot is the overlap of those three concentric circles. Yes. So good. You're passionate about, you know about, that people are willing to pay for. Um, and you also have to decide, I think, what it is you're looking for out of the business. So there's a spectrum. Over here, it's something that you want to dabble in, you're a little interested in, and you just want to do and put up there, and you're not really caring about what happens. And then maybe that slides along, and you have a hobby. And you want to share that hobby, you make stuff or you do some things, you want to share that with others. And all you're looking for is to cover your cost. And then the next slide up is, no, you want to have, you know, what do we call it? A, a, a monopreneur. You want, to, you want to get something and you want to have some revenue. Maybe it's not, you're not going to just live on it. It's a side hustle. Um, and that looks a certain way. I'm going to do everything myself or, you know, mainly myself, and I'm going to contract with some other people and through Fiverr or Upwork, or now there's some really great uh, virtual administrative assistants you can get, and I'd recommend you consider those things. And then you slide along and say, no, I want to live off of this. And I think that's part of what's happening coming out of the pandemic. You know, we have mm -hmm. this, people are calling it the big quit, the big resignation. Every month for the last, you know, from August, September, October, November, I, I don't think they have the December numbers yet, more than 4 million people quit their jobs. Wow. Well, what's happening? Where are they going? Well, at the same time, places like Shopify are going through the roof because people are starting to say, let me try something. I, I don't want to go work for somebody else. Let me do it myself. So now you're at a point where you're trying to run a business just to be able to cover your costs. And then the next stage is now you want a business. And I'll use Subway franchises as an example. If you want to own a Subway franchise, chances are you're going to make money. And I can make a lot of money. And you and your family are going to work in that Subway franchise. And that's it. You're going to do all that. And you'll make maybe $60,000 a year. Um, and that's going to be okay. Or... You could have a bigger business where I own 10 franchises and I hire people to run those individual ones. And that's a very different type of business. Um, if I look at our business, we know we need to grow because we're too big to be the proverbial mom and pop shop. And we, we started just the two of us. We can't do that anymore. We're not quite big enough yet to have you know, lots of people and lots of depth. We're in that middle place, which is a difficult place to be. You can't stay there long. We got to grow more to support all the people we have, right? Um, th does this answer some of the question about what people are looking for? And Because um, I know you're saying, you know, what's the first step? Well, the first step, we decide what we're going to sell. We decide we're going to sell on Shopify. We had to figure out how do you build a Shopify site? And there's... There's lots of information out there that Shopify will um, provide you, or you can buy books, or you can get from courses. Um, but some of it is make sure you're paying attention to all the basic steps before you get off doing esoteric things. Okay, figure out the layout, figure out how you're going to put things together, figure out, so, you know, if you look at the bottom of our website, there's a whole lot of menus and stuff, but you got to build that in there. What's your accessibility? What's your 
uh, return policy? What's your shipping policy? And you got to figure out those nuts and bolts of how am I going to do this? You know? yeah, lots of think, lots of nuts and bolts for sure. We're having an online business, right? If, you know, here's here's the question: Am I going to do my own fulfillment, or am I going to contract that out? Um, that's a big issue. What's the packaging going to look like? How much can I spend on that packaging? If I'm going to do, you know, a website, am I going to do that myself? Am I going to contract that out? You know, social media, am I, how much am I going to do? What am I going to contract out? You know, the, the one thing I will share in any business I've ever had, you want to, I, I think you want to keep social media in-house because absolutely you have to be close to what's going on. You got to have the voice. We do contract out for our advertisements. Uh, we do pay for digital ads and search ads. And that's become such a detailed business that's always changing that we find it easier to contract that out. Um, and but a lot of this is just decide, and this is where John really is an inspiration, right? Okay, we're going to do this. Just make that commitment. We're going to do it. And then break it down into biteable chunks. You, know, you can't do everything overnight. Break it into bite. Okay, I'm doing this. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. And That's good ready, advice right there. I'm going, to go and, I'm going to go and release. Don't wait till it's perfect. If Mark Zuckerberg waited until his Friendster thing was perfect back at Harvard University, we wouldn't have Facebook today. Now, some people might be happy That's about right. it, but just get it up. <clears throat> you got to get enough up, and then you can keep revising it and improving. Now, I know we're introducing the fearless tribe here, all the listeners to a brand new company, not really a brand new company, you've been around for several years, but new to them possibly, right? So I know they probably want to check out your products, but are they exclusively on your Shopify store? That's it. The only where uh, today, the only place you can buy uh, our products is at our website. What's our website? Socks.com. John's crazy. Da, da, da. Right? Uh, <laughs> That's great. You can go there. Um, we do same day shipping. So if you put an order in, it's getting to you quick. We have something for everybody with 4,000 socks, right? Right. Um, and here's wow. the important thing. If you buy from us, you know you're helping us hire people with different abilities. You're helping us give back. And most of all, you're helping us spread happiness. It's such an inspirational story. And, and we have something for you, Sharon, and for your listeners. We've created a special discount just for the Fearless Tribe. And guess what? The discount code is Fearless Tribe, no spaces. And if you go to our website, what's the website? AtJoshCrazySocks.com. Go to the website and you enter that discount code. Fearless Tribe, you'll get 10% off your entire order. Thank uh, you. That's wonderful. That's really generous of you, and especially generous of you taking the time out of your day, you two businessmen, um, you know, really sharing your story and inspiring people. There's a lot of people out there who want to start a business, and why not a Shopify store, right? It's, it's such an inspiring story, and... Um, I have a little sockaholic here at home. So, um, no, she's going to be checking out your products. Well, that's very cool. Thank and, you so much. And we should share with your tribe if they want to connect with us. We're on all the social media platforms. Uh, just look for John's Crazy Socks, including now TikTok. You're loving doing those TikTok videos, I do. aren't you? Um, and if people want to get a hold of us or speak with us, um, just contact us through the company email service at johnscrazysocks.com and we'll get back to you. Because That's wonderful. Your tribe is our tribe. It's entrepreneurs. We've been helped by a lot of people. We're really grateful. And if we can help somebody, we want to do that. We're making a difference in the world, right? Right. 
That's what we're hoping to do, right? A couple of knuckleheads selling socks. <laughs> Just looking to change the world. Right. And and do you have advice for people? I do. Follow follow your heart. Follow your dreams. And work hard so you can do. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. Thank you for that piece of advice too. And I'm so grateful that you were here on the show today. And I know that your story is so inspiring and it touched my heart for sure. So um, I know there's a lot of listeners out there who are wanting to start an e-commerce store. So I appreciate your advice and being here. It's, it's so incredibly valuable. Well, thank you. And thank you for having us on. Thank Look how so fortunate much. we are. We get to be on your show. The, we get to meet the fearless tribe. This is great. All right. Well, you two go out and change the world and make it a better place. This week's episode was jam-packed with great content. And now it's time for you to take massive action. Make sure to schedule your strategy session with yours truly and also visit fearlesspursuits.com where you can subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And while you're at it, if you found the show valuable, we'd appreciate a five-star rating on iTunes too. Or if you simply tell a friend about the podcast, that helps too. Be sure to tune in next week for our next episode. This is your fearless online business coach, Sharon Koenig. Thanks for listening. Now go out and be fearless so you can change the world.